This is Nancy Nutter, Director of Christian Education for Children and Families. Today, I will be reading you a story entitled Home by Another Way, written by Barbara Brown Taylor. Once upon a time, there were three very wise men who were all sitting in their own countries, minding their own business, when a bright star lodged in the right eye of each of them, one at a time. The star was so bright that none of them could tell whether it was burning in the sky or in their imaginations. But they were wise enough to know it did not matter at all very that much. The point was something beyond them was calling them. It was a tug that they had been waiting for all of their lives. Each in his own country had tried books, tried magic, tried astrology. One had lived on nothing but dried herbs boiled in water. Another had spent his entire fortune learning how to read and write in an ancient language. The third had learned to walk on hot coals, though it did nothing for him beyond a great sense of relief he felt at the end. Despite their best efforts, all three of them still felt that something was missing. They were all glad for a reason to get out of town which was clearly where the star was calling them, out away from everything they knew, how to manage and survive, out from under the reputations they had built for themselves, the high expectations, the disappointing returns. And so they went out one by one, each believing that he was the only one with the star in his eye until they all ran into one another on the road to Jerusalem. From a distance, each thought the other to be a mirage at first, a twinkling reflection made by vapor and heat. But as they drew near to one another, they saw the star they had in common like a tattoo or a secret handshake, something that made them brothers before they spoke. They all believed that the star was leading them to Jerusalem. This made perfect sense because they had every reason to believe 
they were on their way to meet a king. They had no trouble gaining entrance to the palace. They looked rich, and that was enough to get them a royal audience. But the king they met was something of a disappointment. He was lumpy and frumped and had terrible breath. His skin looked funny, an orange color, and kind of sickly, as if his bile had gotten the best of him. The guards on either side of him shook in fear of their king, so much that their spears rattled against their shields. Without even comparing notes, the wise men knew he was not the person they were looking for. Do you know of any other kings in the general area? They asked him. He had been picking at his fingernails until then, letting them know how bored he was. But their question got his attention. He looked right at them for the first time. That was when he saw the star in each of their eyes. His own eye grew, grew perfectly round, like the eyes of a snake. The king asked the wise men if they would please excuse him for a moment, and then he stepped into his private chapel to confer with his clergy. They wiped out their old reference books, which smelled of mold, and told the king what he wanted to know. Yes, they said, there was something in the book of Micah about a new ruler for Jerusalem. But nothing to get excited about. It was short. It had been there for a long time. It was unlikely that the men in the other room were fulfilling that prophecy. But sure, why not? Send the wise man to Bethlehem to check it out, to save the king a little money instead of him doing his own research. So that's what the king did. He gargled, combed his hair, and went back to tell the wise men they should go to Bethlehem at once with his blessing on one condition, that they would come back and tell him who his successor was so that he could um, send some flowers to the new king. His breath smelled like pine soil when he said it, which made the wise men feel queasy. They knew something was not right. But once they were back out in the night air, they could see the star in the sky again, and it set their minds at rest. They followed it right to the doorway of a one-room house in Bethlehem. It was perfectly nice place, modest but well-built though not the kind of place where they expected to find a king. A dog was sniffing the woodpile under the eaves in hopes of a mouse. 
someone was practicing the loo next door, going over the same notes again and again. The smell of dinner was in the air, wheat cakes cooked on the griddle, greased with sheep's fat, lentils with lots of garlic and rice. The place looked simple. They might never have chosen it themselves, but since the star had chosen it for them, they knocked. The door opened. The couple standing behind it almost died of fright. Not that the wise men noticed. Their arms were full of gifts. They crowded into the small space, bumped their turbans on the rafters, and snagged their robes on the rough furniture. All they could see was the baby, who was not afraid, whose right eye shone with the same star they had seen before they ever left home. It was him, then, whoever he was. They did not have a clue, but they knew what to do. They got on their knees and they bowed their heads. Then they gave him the things they had brought for him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, all the wrong things, they could see now things he had no use for. They should have brought him goat's milk, a warm blanket, something shiny to hang on his crib. But now, but how could they have guessed? The child's parents were gracious. They thanked the strangers for the expensive gifts and they held them up for the baby to see. Then, to the wise men's complete surprise, the child's mother picked him up and handed him around so that each of them held the damp, soft, living weight in his arms. When they finished admiring him, she took her baby back, nursed him, and put him to bed. Then, before the light coming through the window of the house had entirely gone out, the three wise men fell asleep right where they slept, sat. In the morning, when they woke, the wise men could not find their star anymore. They searched each other's eyes, but the stars were gone. Frantically, they looked in all the corners and under the chairs. The baby's mother shook out his blankets, but still no stars. Soon the wise men calmed down and said, never mind, we do not see them anymore. They had found what they were looking for something they could not lose. As much as they hated to, they added, they had better be on their way.
They would not be going back to Jerusalem, they said. All three of them had woken from the same identical dream, warning them to steer clear of the city. If anyone in Jerusalem knew anything at all, they would be here instead of there. Besides, none of these wise men's old maps worked anymore. They would have to find a new way home. So the wise men picked up their packs, which were lighter than before. Then they lined up in front of the baby to thank him for the gifts he had given them. What in the world are you talking about? The baby's mother laughed. Were the scent and the weight and the skin of the baby, the first wise men said, who had no interest in living herbs anymore. For this home and the love here, the second wise man said, who could not remember how to say anything in the ancient language. For the reality of the great story, said the third wise man, who thought of telling it might do a lot more for him than walking on hot coals. Then the wise men walked outside, stretched and kissed the baby goodbye, and went home by another way. <laughs>